Daily sandwiches, but you take everything off and put back on just the tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pod Minutes to Cast Night. I can't believe that guy did that. Wait, who, what? Uh, that was in the Metallica movie. Right. I think yes. this was after you uh, had to leave because you were too. I high. rewatched it today and yet I didn't retain anything. <laughs> there's a lot of weird sandwich touching in that movie. <laughs> there's so, they're just poking sandwiches. It's just. You know when you like touch a sandwich so much with your fingers that you're like, I don't even want to eat this now. That's them, but all the time. Yeah, except they do eat it. Yeah, they and feel it was fine gross. about gross. <laughs> that's how you know. That's when you know you that this was going to be a dark story. Um, everybody, welcome to Five Minutes to Cast Night. It's the Two Minutes Late Night podcast. Normally, we talk about. Uh, Albums that are considered to be terrible and try to find something good about them. We're just mean about albums most of the time. We're going to start doing uh, just music movies. We're starting with movies. We had a screening of Metallica's Some Kind of Monster. We had to start with it. Sin Anger was the first thing we ever did as a podcast. So it should also be the first movie we do. This is a nice little bookend or a, a nice sandwich. Yeah, a nicer sandwich than any of the sandwiches in the movie. Um, before we dive in, did anybody listen to anything that they liked? Look, it doesn't have to be new. It's just something you enjoy, everybody. Wait, Thank Katie. you for that. Wait, we got the whole we got the whole family together for the first time in a while. I feel oh like yeah, we yeah. This is a, this is a Pod Minutes classic. Oh yeah, let's all. Uh, sorry, yeah. All right, yeah. Uh, you're with the two minutes to late night writers room. Hi, I'm Jeremy Hammond, and I'm mad at the rain. <laughs> Hello, I'm America's sweetheart, Katie Rose Leon, and I am also mad at the rain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm America's sweetheart, Katie Rose Leon, and I got too high at the o- at our own event that we were hosting, <laughs> and I had to leave my own event. <laughs> <laughs> to which everyone was like... That's fine. <laughs> a tale as old as time. Doo-doo-doo-doo. Katie got too high. <laughs> that happens to me twice a year, and Jeremy has been around for three of the years in a row. And I sing, I sing that song every time. <laughs> you did. You sang that on Friday. <laughs> to me. <laughs> Lucy Steiner, and you know your girl went thrifting today. Oh my god! Sick. What'd you get? I got this dress. It looks. (laughs) What did you do with your old clothes? I got a dress with like fake pink flowers on it. I don't think they exist in nature, but they're on this dress. I thought they were eggs. (laughs) You look great. Oh, thank you. Fashionable and you know I feel great. You did, you know, you're the first person I, uh, the only person I know that has gone thrifting and then just worn the outfit without like washing it five times or like putting it in one of those bed bug ovens. <laughs> no, I have complete faith in the thrifting industry. <laughs> Which thrift store was it? It was a uh, Buffalo Exchange. Oh no, you're doomed. <laughs> you're not safe. There's ants all over my body. And that's just a regular day. I definitely, when I was living in Portland, Oregon, on several occasions, woken up so drunk at a stranger's house and had to go buy an outfit at Buffalo Exchange before I showed up to my mall job. So my boss didn't see me wear the same outfit two days in a row. I was 22, okay? It was a different time. I love that. Different place. And I'm Jordan Olds, and all the ants that were on me got too high and had to leave. <laughs> Drew. And? And? Sorry, oh, yes, Drew. and. Uh, yes, and. Uh, yes, and. Hey, I'm Drew Kaufman, and my new therapist is across the street from a laser tag arena. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's what it's called. It's called an arena, because a laser tag court doesn't make sense, a field. No, it's an arena. It's a battle. So it's got to be an arena. It's an arena, yeah. It's a a coliseum. coliseum. (laughs) 
Um, Watch out, folks. Coliseum on top of a a discount sushi restaurant. The thing is, now I just, I believe that your new goal in therapy is not to get better, but to befriend the therapist, to have enough transference to get the therapist to go play laser tag with you. Yeah, no, I'm trying not to get better. I'm trying to get stronger. You could probably pitch it as some sort of a uh, like a therapeutic exercise. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you could pitch it as like a vice story. <laughs> <laughs> you could also do that. You could completely do yeah. that. Uh, you could also butt chug Mountain Dew with your therapist. <laughs> you could, yeah, you could play laser tag with your therapist, but only if your therapist is in fact a nug of weed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who listened to something they liked this week? I actually listened to something new. <laughs> yeah, go for it, Katie. Um, I listened to the new... I mean, it's not... This suggestion isn't really for our audience, but I feel like there's some crossover here. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the new Empath album came out. It's called Active Listening, and mm. it was actually recorded at Walter Schreifel's house. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's not as hardcore as other stuff on that label, but it's also on it, It's Get Better Records, which is also what, who makes Hers Collective yeah. and stuff like that. It's a little more, um, like, like groovy. Like, it's a little more, like, uh, you know, uh, stonery, like, indie rock. But it's really fun, and um, I don't know. I was surprised how much I liked it, especially because they're clearly so much younger than me. And... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I was surprised by it. The rules. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I listened to uh, an artist. Uh, I listened to that Billie Eilish girl. Yeah. Oh, what's going on with her? Oh, yeah. she's fucking great. Oh, she, I love she's, her. She's great. She's she, great. Yeah. I just feel like there's like a lot of chatter about her online. <laughs> I just haven't really like dived into like what it's about, whether it's that she's good or that she's canceled or what. The chatter, I just keep seeing her name. I feel like she's probably canceled at this point since I'm just getting to her. <laughs> no, the, uh, the chatter is that she's good. Yeah, she has all these like uh, weird young, right? music videos where she's doing weird stuff to her eyes and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think she's good. She's like, covered in well, spiders. And women. What yeah, kind of weird stuff spiders. is she doing to her eyes? Like, it's artsy. So, so She's putting a spider in it. There so, we go. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. She drinks a glass of black water, and then the black water starts coming out of her eyes. It's trippy. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say, Drew? About her? Oh, I, she's she's young though, right? She's like 14 or 15, I think. Yeah, she's like 15. So the, I mean, yeah. they're gonna destroy her. No. Uh, yeah. So, so let's just appreciate her while she's here. There's a yeah. trend yeah. of like sad, like. Teens from the UK just fucking killing it. Yeah, she's for from sure. the UK, right? I'm just assuming with the. Like, I know, no she's, isn't she from like Los Angeles or something? Oh, that Probably. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you can also be a cool teen from LA. She has a music video where all these like uh like uh frumpy dad types are like sticking their bellies out, and I thought that was kind of cool because it's like these. She's like objectifying uh like a dad bod. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of like interesting. Yeah, that's that's fun. I also I know that she like most of her uh, like attire is like snow pants or something. It looks like it looks like she's wearing like a gigantic Ned Flanders ski suit. Yeah, that's uh, feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I hate to inform like, you guys, but that's how cool teens dress now. Yeah, or we are. Excruciatingly it's not cool. Ju- it's, yeah. they, dr- they dress for comfort and protection because it's just big and puffy, and it's like that's not going to save you from the industry. <laughs> um, Jeremy, what what did you do to yourself? <laughs> okay, so oh, I have I a playlist. <laughs> I have a Spotify playlist. Uh, I have a lot of them. Uh, I curate a lot of playlists for myself that I listen to while I cook. That's when I listen to music. This week, my playlist has been a, uh, I call it uh, acceptable mainstream rock. And it is mainstream rock of my youth that I've been listening to. One of which, and this is what I wanted to bring up today, is The Wallflowers. Now, I know what you're thinking. Jacob (laughs) Dylan, what? That is not what I was thinking. What I what I was thinking is that sounds made up. 
<laughs> I don't know what the Wallflowers are. The Wallflowers was uh, uh, Bob Dylan's son's band. Uh, right. They're good. In like the early 90s, they had an album called Bringing Down the Horse. And they had an album called... Or a <laughs> song called... sounds uh, fake. I know, right? It, this all sounds like I'm making it up. Totally real. Uh, yeah, uh, Bob Dylan's son Bringing had Down a the band. Horse sounds like one of those like Muppets covers of uh, what the fuck is that guy's name? Never mind. <laughs> Talking Heads. Frank Zappa. I just melted. Good Talking you. Heads, thank you. You meant to make a David Bryan. And, I mean, Bringing Down the Horse sounds like the kind of thing you have to do if you're Bob Dylan's son. <laughs> it's like you know what i'm talking about you guys no (laughs) no no but i'm proud of you i guess (laughs) uh this is the album i guess anyway the song that you would know from it is uh one headlight oh yeah Uh, it's the one yes like uh, if it it started playing you would you would know it it. it was all over the radio i Um, love the wallflowers so really good yeah it's a really good song that one uh it's got uh the, the thing that's really interesting in it that I keep uh, coming back to and thinking about is that the whole song, like the rhythm guitar is is like distorted and electric and then the guitar solo is a clean acoustic guitar. It's really <laughs> weird. I think it's the only song I could think of that does that. <laughs> I wish this that's was a visual so... medium so you could see the face Jordan is making. <laughs> that, like a cartoon sad face when I heard... <laughs> Clean like a nylon guitar. Oh, you looked like um, uh, like Jeff Dunham's old man puppet. <laughs> Fun fact: that puppet was actually told by Netflix he was too dangerous. <laughs> to have a Damn it! I know. I'm sorry. I know it's too inside comedy. It's too inside. We have we because this is. This is just what's going on today, and it won't matter <laughs> later. This is just dated this episode. Um, speaking of dating this episode, um, look, all right, I've been wrong uh, before. If anything, this podcast is just like a, uh, a like documentation for how all of us are really wrong sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Someone told me on Twitter that Power Man 5000 covered Jump by Van Halen, I thought they were lying. I looked it up. It's real. And God damn it, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much. Well, I mean, you, you love Van Halen, so it's hard. It's a, it's a pretty easy sell. Um, but they do oh, a good yeah. job with it. They do. Well, because, uh, you know, I was remembering the Cars version uh, cover, and I wasn't really, I wasn't into that one. I figured, like, I would listen to this and be like, this is fine. But they, like... <laughs> They did a little. They changed the most of the melody of the song, mm-hmm. and they even like wrote their own riff for it. Which normally, in a cover song, is illegal. You should, if you're just gonna write your own riff, you shouldn't be doing that song. But they found a way to do it in a way that that fit, and it was great. And then, uh, like, bring in all of the. They did the solo exactly the same, which was shocking. Everything was just very surprising and a little and delightful. So I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I'm liking uh I, I'm I'm into I this is this is Power Man from like two thousand eleven. So maybe I <laughs> I like whatever he's doing now that no one's listening to. <laughs> Drewby, did you listen to anything? Um I listened to uh, two things that I thought were pretty cool, actually. Uh, one, I listened to the new The Damn Things album. Oh, no. Do you know what The Damn Things yeah. are? The Keith Buckley Anthrax Fallout Boy super group. What? Nobody yes, asked for that. <laughs> I know. Why did you listen yeah. to Who from Fallout Boy is in it? Uh, the drummer uh, and the guitarist. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the drummer and the guitarist that the only parts of Fall Out Boy that are good other than Pete Wentz's dick. And um <laughs> Never forget we saw Pete Wentz's dick. Listen, the album the album is fine. It's not like amazing, but they have this one song uh that has the catch it's the catchiest song I've ever heard in my life. I think it's the second or third song on the album, and it's like a clap and spell song. And they spell out uh, "Yell, all my friends are going to hell," and it's awesome. It's That's really cool. cool. You, I mean, so, I will you know, say you consistently so the things you bring up on this podcast. I go and listen to and like, so I will oh. listen to that. And uh, when I hate it, 
Uh, that goes all your credibility. <laughs> it's on you, Drew. All it's of just... my credibility, as if I had enough to go around. Um, I... And the other thing I've been listening to a fucking ton of Sheer Mag, man. Sheer Mag is awesome. Yeah, dude, they're really cool. Ooh, they're so good. Yeah. Everybody at home, if you've never heard Sheer Mag, it's like, it's kind of like the band Boston if the lead singer was... Uh, uh, a female cigarette. in the clams. <laughs> <laughs> she has like a really raspy voice, though. It's super interesting, and the way they record it, it's really cool, too. And then there's just like random fucking solos that are out of this world. Yeah, I saw them open for Power Trip. Oh, because wow. that that tour was really? the coolest thing. Yeah, they the first time I saw Power Trip, it was I wanted to go because I saw that he, they were bringing Sheer Mag on tour. I was like, this is awesome. I yeah. wish that's shows cool were like lineup. that. Yeah, that's a lineup you really can't miss. Yeah, I was like, those are two very different bands and that rules. I just want more shows like that. Get just bands that are not like each other. Yeah. Like, give I me, will... I want Foxygen and then I want uh, Madball. Give me that show. <laughs> I want uh, I want Lil Wayne and Blink-182. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. All right, I guess me. I don't want this. <laughs> That's a real tour that's really happening, if you guys didn't know. <laughs> is yeah, Little, that's real. Is Little Wayne even doing anything? Who is in Blinkway 2 anymore, besides Mark? It's Mark. It's it's uh, who you think it is. It's Mark, Travis, and Matt Skiba. It's, it's Mark. <laughs> it's, it's Mark Hoppus, Jimmy Carter. Uh. <laughs> who could have guessed that we'd all be like, Tom DeLonge was the cool one because he'd rather hunt aliens than go on tour. <laughs> This is, it's so weird. What a weird world it is. Um, I know, I got in a fucking Twitter argument with a presidential candidate last night. You did? What? Not a real one, it was Mike Gravel, but I mean, it still counts. (laughs) It kind of does. Oh, you mean you got in an argument with this 22-year-old social media guy? 22, sorry, he's 17. (laughs) All right. (laughs) <laughs> Speaking of shit boys, uh, we watched the Metallica documentary, Some Kind of Monster. We watched it with a bunch of uh, of our fans that came to Dromedary Bar. It was a lot of fun. Was this anyone's first time seeing this movie? Oh, yeah. Oh. That was my, it was my first time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> do we have a, is there a version of, like, a, is what's the movie version of uh, How Do You Think This Happened? Because that's the whole movie uh, is how How it did this get made? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is easy. <laughs> we all wish we were Jason Manzoukas, but we're all Paul. <laughs> <laughs> At least we've all got better teeth. <laughs> except for except Wolf. for except for Lucy, Lucy is June. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Wait, actually, oh, I've never this watched this work. podcast. Wait, <laughs> Wait Lu- Lucy, you're this, this, so this 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 podcast has been a ride for you. It's been you've learned about your favorite band Metallica. You've learned about their favorite <laughs> new album, favorite band Saint Anger. Yeah. Um, but now you got to see how it was made, how the Saint Anger was made. But how do you think that this documentary happened? Because I, I mean, can't I will figure say, out exactly. Yeah, how did they approve this? Yeah. I I was prepared for so much young male angst. I was prepared for so much anger, even sane anger. <laughs> but I wasn't prepared for I just wasn't prepared for it to like look so much like Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> <laughs> For it to just be like a bunch of rich guys being like, so how much is this one worth? <laughs> oh, I have so yeah. much to say about it. And I that. wasn't prepared to fall in love with Lars. <laughs> but I, what? Uh, I, 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 I have a crush on Lars. I love he's such a cutie. He's, he's a, a sociopath. <laughs> Lucy. Lucy, he's the I need to help No, you cannot fix him. He's a cute man. Uh, first of all, Kirk's the one you fall in love with because yeah, you're you, like, you're like, everyone leave Kirk alone. He's like, man, I just want to click comic books and surf. And 
I yeah. just wanna I just wanna have a good time in solo. I just wanna I just wanna solo, guys. Don't you like, just wanna help him yeah. like ride the horse better? Lars <laughs> is like literally like, yeah, man, I put my money on the wall. I'm a fucking teenage idiot, but in a fucking 35-year-old man's body. I shut down <laughs> Napster because I was mad. <laughs> he he he's a just like four foot little Dutch boy <laughs> who spent like the payment of a record on a Basquiat <laughs> and put it in his bed. A in little shitty apartment. What? In his shitty apartment. I know. You know what? Wait, wait, wait. I incorrect the thing biggest Basquiat in the fucking world. We the biggest established in the world. during Saint Anger and then when we did uh, that Megadeth Lulu. album oh. that Lucy has a large soft spot in her heart for a man who doesn't understand his own feelings and is just lashing out about it and is confused and hurt himself in his own confusion. And like Lars is, I, I bet when you watched his dad be like, this album sucks, you're like, yes, Lars, I am here for you. I'm like, that must be hard. I can, I can see myself on Messenger being like, that, that's gotta be hard to hear. And, you know... No one knows what it's like to be the sad man. <laughs> to be the bad man. But, Are you, you know. Fred Durst or The Who? <laughs> I think I, Lucy only knows the Fred Durst version <laughs> because of this that, show. That is 100% true. I think that. <laughs> I think that, like, one of the things about this movie, right, is that it's, like, it's this really unflinching look at a bunch of, like, extremely pathetic men. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. think that there's something Surely. to be said for the fact that I think that Lars benefits the most from the editing of this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. I disagree. Because there, there, uh, because there is a deleted scene that I, I brushed up on before we came here. I think we've talked about it on the show before. Maybe we didn't. I don't know. We might have cut that. Anyways, there's a deleted scene uh, when it's uh, Kirk Hammett's birthday and uh, the rest of the Metallica gang are there uh, to, to have his birthday and they get him Hawaiian food and they make <laughs> him a, uh, a cake with a picture of him surfing on it oh, and he comes in and he says, Hawaiian food, this is cool. <laughs> and he gets like really excited. Everyone's wearing like Hawaiian shirts except for Fucking Lars. Oh, Lars is no. not wearing a Hawaiian shirt. He's sulking in the corner yeah. and like the camera goes over to him and he's like, what the fuck, man? No one ever does anything for me. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, Lars, if this documentary is building a narrative the villain is Lars. Yeah. He's such a shit heel the entire time. And then, every, I mean, they're all idiots. They're all, four, you know, they're all, they got famous when they were 16 and now they're grown ass men with children and don't know what to do with themselves. In the opening scene, uh, fucking uh, 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 James is in the Dragula. <laughs> he just drives the he's, actual Dragula. He's in like uh, a fucking like you know what the fuck were those cartoons with the monsters eyes bugging out and like a rat little fink. yeah he was like a, a rat fink cartoon. Oh, I'm gonna he, say like the wacky races. Yeah, like wacky races, <laughs> and he's like. Man, this isn't about being famous. I don't want to be famous, and I don't want people to notice me. And he's like in a fucking, he's like battling Penelope Pitstop. <laughs> important, important note about James's stupid car. The gear shift is like all the way up above his shoulder. He's got to like reach literally up above to yeah. change into third gear. It's a fucking Frankenstein switch. The best thing about James. James, though, the best thing about James in this documentary is that he's the only one who actually has any growth and yeah, he grows true. up in the first half of the movie. He's like some sort of like weird, like white trash vampire. And by the end of the movie, he's just Hank Hill. <laughs> by the end of the movie, he's gone to lens crafters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I was. Uh, I, yeah. Every time I watch this movie, I, I notice something else about it. It yeah. truly has it has layers. It's worth a rewatch. It's I was saying it that to somebody at the screening. Yeah. 
You got to watch it like a couple of times. I didn't notice the tomato sandwich that is haunting me. I, uh, the ego for them to have gotten approval for this documentary and you're like, yeah, the people are going to want to know about this great, like, can you imagine being so secure that you watch that about yourself and you're like, yeah, put it in theaters. Well, there's the last scene where they're like, I might lose a million dollars because I have to buy this movie if it doesn't do well. And you're like, wait a minute. Was this not the record label's idea? Did they decide to shoot a documentary? Because yeah, they no, they decided to do that. Be... I think Lars decided. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they. that's think what's so interesting thing... about this documentary is that it ends as soon as the album is released. And that's not the story. The story is they put all this work into this album, which is considered one of the worst ever made. And clearly this was supposed to be like a promotional material for this album. Like, look at how they suffered for their art and not the actual part that's interesting, which is look at them suffer. Oh, I mean, I think that the lesson here is that nature abhors a vacuum. And that vacuum is Dave Mustaine. Because oh, my God. I can watch that scene with Dave Mustaine making everyone cry, like, over and over again. I love it so much. Because, like, Megadeth is huge. He's wildly successful. And he's like, you left me on the bus. Oh my you God. put me on that bus, Lars. I fucking. Oh, that might a- be why I love Lars so much in this movie. It's just because it's like, he's my Dave Mustaine in this movie. Wait, What? <laughs> There is a Dave Mustaine in this movie. <laughs> you you this saw movie. it. It's the most famous scene. Love- the thing is, in this movie, Dave Mustaine is Lars. And Lars is Dave Mustaine. I, everyone, get out of my house. <laughs> it's I, raining. I just love... It's raining. Dave Mustaine's commitment to that red-headed stepchild mentality. He just cannot let it go. Literally, it go. the red-headed stepchild. It's been 30 years. Yeah. He's still can't He's wildly successful. He's not gonna, like... <sighs> He's, uh, you know, I think, I think it's like one of those things where... Where you want to hold him? We're, yeah. <laughs> I do want to kind of like comb his hair. I I could see, I think what happened is is that I I think uh, Dave definitely had a, he, like he built the whole band on on his his anger for for it and I think it's like literally if you get success based on something you built out of like pure vengeance, mm-hmm. are you ever able to let anything go? <laughs> No, that's true. Yeah. When you literally like, name your band, I'm going to kill Metallica. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is like, everyone was like, I can't believe he's, he's, he feels this way. I'm like, you I, can't? <laughs> like, he, after everything we know about him, you can't believe this? I will say, yeah, the most compelling thing about this whole documentary is all the, like, arrested male feelings. It's like, y'all are all too old to be feeling this way, but that's why I'm very compelled by this. Yeah, yeah. And, like, how much of their emotion is just, like, no, I don't want to say like wrong, but wrong. You know, like they're wrong about so much shit in this movie. Like, can we talk about the echo brain stuff, dude? Woo! Like, how oh my much <laughs> turmoil they're going over over a band that I don't think ever released anything. That was their only show, I think. Oh my god, when Lars is sitting in yeah. the fucking like auditorium when Echo Brain's like loading up, and he's like, "I can't believe it, they're amazing." Dude. <laughs> Wait, My favorite. The best part. The best part of that scene is Bob Rock, who, by the way, that's his real name. I looked it up. I, I know, right? That, that he was, was born with that name. <laughs> yeah. What else is he gonna do with his life with that name? It's like naming your son Jeeves. He's gonna be a <laughs> geologist. I swear, Bob yeah. Rock. He should came, be a geologist. He he was born with a cowboy hat on. Hi, I'm Bob Rock. I I produce uh, igneous rock. Um, Hi, I'm Bob Rock. Bob, I sell but, crack cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I played Geodude in, in Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Him and, him and Bob Rock are sitting in the back of that room, and Bob is just going, hey, that guy works in your studio. And Lars is just like, I don't know him. And they're like, hey, that guy, he helped you out with your album. I don't know him either. <laughs> you fucking piece of shit. What a Every shit. fucking person in that room you know, and you don't remember any of them. Ex- he he, no, the one person he does remember is some roadie named Zach 
who is very far away from him. And he goes, yeah, look over there. Look, there's everybody. There's Zach. Hey, Zach. See, he wouldn't even pay attention to me. And it's like, no, you just said his, you didn't shout his name loud enough in the very, in the, the venue you're in. And also like, oh, woe is you. You just got done not remembering a bunch of people who work for you. Know. Go fuck yourself, I know, they, they all have such like rich guy problems and it's so funny because they kind of try and gloss over the Napster lawsuit. Not like, they don't deny it didn't happen, but they're, they don't really want to get into why it was so shitty and like yeah. whiny and like yeah. that like just a biz like they're trying to make them look like cool relatable guys and I'm like no nah, dog <laughs> it's crazy because they could have easily spinned it like I was watching the movie and I was thinking about it when they show the cartoon yeah. like that <laughs> that old new animation cartoon, from Newgrounds yeah. like they could have spun it to be like. We are Metallica, and we can afford lawyers, so we're going to sue these people to protect small independent artists. Right. Like, not that I believe that, but they could have said that, but it, it always was just about, no, they took my money, and now I can't buy paintings for my apartment. Yeah. Now I have to downsize to a slightly smaller Basquiat. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, it sucks, you know? It's like I'm trying to, uh, you know, I uh, we need... <laughs> We need we need to keep renting the studio for like a couple more months because we only work from t- noon to four. That is the most insane thing. You're giving him such a thick accent. It's so slight, it's but now I notice it because it's like sort it of it's sort of there sometimes. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a weird hybrid Danish accent and also Southern like California SoCal asshole yeah. voice. Guys, can you? Imagine Swedish having some <laughs> going like like being the dude who fixes like Lars's boiler and him trying to talk to you about art like he's a smart person. I would, that sounds like the worst thing ever. I would I wouldn't be able to make it. I would. I, I, that sounds actually like the worst thing ever. Two things about Lars that I think are really funny, and then we can stop shitting on him. Just kidding. We should keep shitting on him. Yes. But uh, the two things that I noticed the in the beginning, there's a scene where they're talking about Frankenstein, where he's like, I want to take a little of this and a little bit of that, like a Frankenstein. And he keeps saying it, and Lars doesn't know what a Frankenstein is. <laughs> Did you notice that? He's like, a what? He's like, you know, a Frankenstein. A what? So There's dude, a bunch dude of those Basquiat's moments. never reads basic books. There's it's a- just such a weird, like, it's one of those uncanny little, like, European things where it's just like, oh, yeah, I guess he just, like, I don't know, he's just from a different country. Maybe they don't have, like, Frankenstein there. I don't know. No, they did. It's more, no, there's many moments where you're like, oh, these dudes are dumb. Like, when they're arguing about the album tile. And then Lars is like frantic and they're like, well, no, this is why we like St. Anger better and frantic. And then they're like, you know, that's kind of like a negative connotation. He's like, I've literally never heard frantic use in a negative connotation. I'm like, what? Can you read? It's so insane. Uh, There's one name on the album board that is so funny. I can't remember. It's like, it's just like not even anything. There's also a Sailor Moon drawing on there. Yeah. And I tried taking pictures of it like four times, but I just, my reflexes were not fast enough. (laughs) There's just like one called like Doo Doo Mountain or something like that. (laughs) It's so funny. It's just like, well, there's like a drawing of the earth or something, and it's just called like, like shit world. So it's so funny. Can um, we talk about the massive ego on these dudes to be like so rude to all these like famous bass players they had come in audition? Oh, yeah. For oh, my God. Yeah. The bass player montage is so much fun. It's so fucked up. They're like, oh, these fucking twerps. And I'm like, what? What? You have like. Twiggy and fucking like you know all these like great session musicians and they're just like oh man <laughs> yeah Twiggy wasn't canceled yet so it was a big get yeah <laughs> wait is everybody in Marilyn Manson canceled no tw- oh, Twig- Twiggy was Nine Inch Nails no Twiggy was Twiggy from was Marilyn it was, Manson uh, it was, was Marilyn Manson, Manson also got, yeah he's everywhere because yeah, how was else would he get the name Twiggy Ramirez. Maybe he was um, born with it. And then what's his face? <laughs> he's like Bob Rock. <laughs> yeah, he's Bob Rock. 
<laughs> when they finally pick what's his face, Robert, how do you say his last name? Trujillo. Yeah, Trujillo. they're like, Trujillo. they were like, yeah, he's like got a good vibe. I'm like, he's a legend, you shitheads. <laughs> like, he's not just like some random guy. <laughs> yeah, the whole fucking... thing was like, we want someone our age, and then they pick people who are your age, and they don't know how to play every one of your songs because they've been too busy touring. Like, they're not like babies who grew up learning your songs. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like, you guys have Scott from Caius. Yeah. And then, yeah. Oh my God, I forgot about that. That was crazy. Was so crazy. So fucking weird. And they're weird. like, we don't know. I was like, I don't know if he should do this. Yeah, <laughs> truly. That's how I felt about a lot of them or like the dude from like Jane's Addiction. I'm like, you need to leave. Fly. Yeah. Just get, just get out there. of there. But that is the best scene in the movie though. Yeah. I mean, when they give him a million dollars. So like, funny. After showing his shitty apartment, it's like the sweetest thing in the world. You're like, yeah. oh my God, this guy's going to be okay. I love that they treat it like it's a fucking reality show. <laughs> yeah. They're going to give a rose to the one basis they choose, and then they give them a million fucking dollars. There is an interview out there with, uh, I think it's Lars admits to this. Lars said that the night before Rob's audition, he and Rob went out, like he made Rob come out drinking with him, and he got Rob so fucking drunk just like he was just like a sweaty disgusting mess and like I either threw up on his shirt or like was just too fucked up and needed another, another shirt so Larves gives him a shirt which is why Rob is wearing that gigantic weird red t-shirt <laughs> that doesn't fit him because it's fucking Lars's shirt and that's why Rob is bright red the whole scene. Yeah, making weird faces and shit. Making weird faces. It's because he's so fucking drunk and hasn't gone to sleep. Oh, wow. And that's really <laughs> fucked up, too, because Lars made him do it. He's like, oh, my friends are sober now, so you have to come drink with me. You have to come drink with me, dude. And, like, then... <laughs> I'll go to you at tennis, come, man. Come drink with me, American cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> Not even that... <laughs> Oh my god. My favorite part of suicidal tendencies is how they wear bandanas. They look so cool. <laughs> um but no, Wait, so that's the that's the other thing about Lars that's really funny. Is that Lars is a forty year old man who changes his haircut every five minutes. Oh my god. And if you're trying to make a film, you can't do anything out of Content like if they if they cut if they try to like move scenes around to make it seem like something happened before then because it makes a better story it's really obvious because all of a sudden Lars has a mullet and then he goes back <laughs> to looking like he's in Green Day and the look next scene, the man like, has a vision <laughs> but that's the thing is also it wasn't like he changed his haircut every five minutes because this is three years. This documentary yeah. is three years long. Oh my god! Which yeah, is- even though uh, fucking uh, Kirk looks exactly the same as he did when he was twelve. Justice for Kirk! I love him so much, and every time I see so something great. with him, he's just like he only gets kind of mad once, and it's because everyone's just shitting on him wanting to do a good guitar thing, and he's like, and he's like trying you know to save what? this album. He's just like, I just think you know we should just play what suits things and he's he's like in the car he's like i'm just trying to be posy and yeah. that's so great that scene where it's basically like lars realized that james has been talking only to kirk because he's like uh yeah i don't think he really wants to talk to you lars because you're like um kind of a prick <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he's in rehab so he doesn't it's- need that energy it's so funny. Well, let's take a look at how they all decided to relax. So Kirk likes to go surfing, and he's celebrating and hor- two years and of horseback riding. <laughs> yeah, and a horse. Lars Lars likes to go hiking with his dad, who he hates, and buys artwork that's more expensive than a fucking uh, church. And then uh, Kirk, I mean, um, um, James likes to either drive around like he was in a. Beach Boys song as the devil, or he goes to Russia to kill bears alone, away from his oh, family. Oh, right. 
I meant to keep bringing that up. I liked how he brings it up the first time, and then he brings it up to that random guy. Like, he's like, yeah, I should be focusing on my family. I hate to be away from them, but I I was in Russia. It was cool. Like, I'm uh. like, which is it? Are you sad to be away from your family, or are you happy to be drunk shooting bears? I forgot. We didn't talk about the best line of, uh, of the uh, Echo Brain scene, which is... Metallica is dead. Jason is the future. Yeah, is that what it is? It's yes. something like that, or like yes. Echo Brain is the future, something like that. Where he's Jason just like, is the future. Every it's time, definitely Jason is the future, which is the funniest sentence. Every time they cut to Jason, anytime this documentary, he's dropping shit like that. He's like, "I made the right choice. I don't regret anything. Everything's yeah. fine." <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's My that great part where he's like, like an ashtray. <laughs> there's that great part where he's like, uh, "I I heard about them like going to see a fuck." therapist and shit and I think that's fucking weak yeah. and you're just like alright dude <laughs> he's just mad because there's literally scenes where they're like man none of this would have happened if Cliff was here <laughs> but also they the whole story with, with, with Jason is they were assholes to him yeah. yeah for years like since the 80 he was he was picked on for all of the 90s. Yeah. He doesn't remember fruit by the foot. He was getting kicked. With, he was getting kicked by a foot. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. But, like, you know, he's, I, I feel like if, if, if you're bullies, if you're like, if you're two bullies, because Kirk didn't do anything to him. No, he you was know. just reading Batman yeah. comics in the yeah. back of the van. Exactly. But if just two, uh, if just like two dudes are like mean to you for 15 years, and then they kick you out of the band, and uh, then they're like, uh, "We're going to therapy." I would also be like, "Fuck you!" Yeah. Fuck you fucking you asshole. You should have gone to therapy in the fucking 80s. In the fucking 80s when you were dealing with loss and you took it out on me, a fan. Oh who my was God. here to help you and you shut me off on an entire album. A guy who was in the band for longer than the bassist you were mourning. Yeah, in the band longer. Mustaine kind of says the same thing where he's like, I would have loved it if you guys sent my ass to AA instead of putting me on a bus. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mustaine. Man. What He's right. Can you imagine if Dave actually went to fucking AA in the 80s? That would have... It wouldn't have sticked, probably. No, even if it sticked. did, it would have sparked a timeline in which uh, uh, maybe Cliff didn't die. You know, all sorts of things could have changed and then well, Cliff wouldn't have butter. died. And then it could have been a totally different band. It would still have Mustaine and Cliff and then they would be really good. Yeah, but they would... Here's the thing. <laughs> Wait. Here's the thing. If they... Don't write if, if the If the timeline... <laughs> If the timeline changes and they're a thrash band the whole time, they don't become the biggest band in the world That's because true. they don't write Enter Sandman if Cliff is alive. He wouldn't let that happen. <laughs> 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 That's how, it, like, if they were, if they still had Mustaine and Cliff, they would have just been Overkill or something. They would have just been a thrash band. Yeah, they would have never transitioned into Dad. And then they wouldn't have been wearing Von Dutch. Uh, oh. Wife beaters the whole documentary. They would be hitting up Cat, my roommate, to play the bowling alley. <laughs> Von, the Von Dutch uh, wife beater was truly an item of. There was so much fashion choices, and I've wrote some of them down. The Von yes. Dutch wife beater. Uh, post sober serious glasses, James. At one point, I swear to God, is wearing a kimono. Yes, uh, he is. There is a cowboy hat that shows up. And just won't go away. <laughs> Whose is it? Whose is it? Whose hat is that? It's going around. Uh, there's a lot of chunky jewelry, but yes. how it is worn. Lars gets a pass because he's European, uh, and the, <laughs> but it, there was just some looks. Yeah, when, James is dressed a, like a Triple H video package. Like all of that, yeah. like all of the little graphics that are on like an entrance or like one of the cars are just like on a pendant. To be fair, Crazy. Uh, Kirk also when he, you go to his farm and he's like wearing his cowboy costume. <laughs> that his was costume. a lot. His little cowboy costume. It's so cute. <laughs> it was like it was like the costume that was given to me when the horse kicked me in the face. <laughs> I like 
Gets I like kissing. Lars always wearing gym shorts and no shoes and sitting cross-legged on the couch just waiting for someone's mom to bring him orange slices. <laughs> oh, my God. That scene where he's wearing a red robe for no reason and he's just, like, all angry. <laughs> it was during one of, like, the four door-slamming scenes. And I'm like, all right. I loved What Lars- about when, when James comes back from his year of sobriety and... He's got that chin strap beard, but he's grown out his soul patch so long it looks like he has a little raccoon tail coming out of him. <laughs> <No. laughs> so it's like gross. that scene in Teen Wolf where he gets his first wolf hair right in the middle of his chest, but it's on his chin instead. <laughs> oh, yuck. Um, but they all look like Pokemon evolutions of Tom Waits. It was gross. <laughs> <laughs> they the do look variant. <laughs> they look very similar. You are correct. Um... Uh, I loved also, that with the bass oh, sorry, player no, scene, uh, I loved that uh, Lars took a photo with everybody uh, wearing a bathrobe. <laughs> it's so weird. It looked like they just got done with uh, the weirdest porn. <laughs> um, what about the uh, the St. Anger shoot? Oh. Yes. When they go to, is it San Quentin they go to? Yes. Yeah. I know I said it yeah. wrong once and I'm sorry I was wrong wherever it was. Was it San Quentin? I don't remember. It was San Quentin. When so, they go to San Quentin and and uh, James goes up in front of all the prisoners oh, and says, uh, I'm dealing with anger and uh, that's why <laughs> you all are here. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah, that was fucked up. <laughs> I love that they, they were, everybody to, uh, was just They like, only cut to people in the audience that are white that look like they're in the band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that the whole crowd that's watching them looks like the Aryan Nation. <laughs> or no, Aryan Brotherhood. Hey man, Sorry, that's, that's another cool thing. Wrong. Is it right? Where'd you is get it? Anyone who isn't white is smoking a cigarette and looking at them like, the fuck? <laughs> the fuck is happening? Yeah, I just like, I could not believe they let James talk. So long. They're he like cries no. when he get gets yeah. off stage. It's crazy. It was just so meaningful to me to tell these prisoners that they're here because they're angry like me. <laughs> what I a- feel like we all went through something. <laughs> it's like together. The dumbest men. <laughs> these are the dumbest men. Like, here's the thing. When Jeremy, when you told me about this movie, because I hadn't seen it when we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was I just really there's no way to prepare someone for what they're about to watch. <laughs> I don't think. Cuz you just you have like an idea like Lucy, this is your first time watching it. Yeah. There's very no emotional. way. Um, you know, I feel bad for all those rich guys selling art. <laughs> so it feels like an emotional experience for them. And can we, can we who, talk? Can, who can really, I mean, unless you've been there, unless you've been an upper middle class white guy selling a bunch of very expensive art <laughs> and buying it, how can you know? <laughs> how can you know what that's like? I literally can't know what that's like. Uh, I, I can sort of, because I saw it in a movie, and the guy who was going through it was like, this is how I feel about it. And I was like, you might have some displaced feelings about the world. Yeah, but also- can we talk more about your attraction? I just can't, to, to La- I can't, I can't figure out where it's coming from. He's is just that- kind of cutie like I, physically I mean, or like, as a person i think i i agree with you that like vis- visually he's kind of he's cutie. the most attractive member of the yeah Did, what you all what <laughs> he is the most no, attractive also, member of metallica I get it, yeah. he has like the opposite of big dick energy he has like young boy energy even though yes. he's, he's got Lit- sniveling dick energy <laughs> he's, a he's got imp- weird dick he's a energy <laughs> Cat was giving me a spiel about He's why got James sniveling is... coward energy, and yeah. that's what I really like. <laughs> He's a coward. Yeah. He fights. He fights with a checkbook. That's how you know. <laughs> what, what was Cat saying? Cat oh. <laughs> was saying that um, James is the most attractive member of the band, and I was like, really? And she was like, well, like, look at it, like, if you. He feels like the person you're not supposed to like uh, that people tell you to stay away from in high school. And I was like, I get it from like a high sp- school perspective because like, yeah. he's got acne scars. He's just like a stinky, uh, like, yeah. like 
He's he's just I could see from like a high school perspective why he would be attracted sure. in that in that way. You know uh, what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is a real hypocritical statement of me because uh, as you guys know, I've kept my hair shorter. Except for, I'm growing my mullet out now, but I had short hair for many years, and a thing that would irritate me is that when men would ask me when I would grow my hair back out, because I that implicated so much stuff to me. But here's the thing, mm-hmm. James cut his hair, and to me, he lost all his power. Yeah, <laughs> I agree over. Samson Atlas. I was like, you know what, the hair's gone, I don't care. He, I well, do yeah, think because he when you say that, she, that he's the most attractive person in the band, you're judging it by the early 80s, where he's like, this crazy hair metal icon with a horseshoe mustache and not in this movie where he looks like he works at the Costco and hangs <laughs> up back smoking cigarettes listening to Ario Speedwagon with younger kids. Yeah, they, he, lo- he looked like if there was like a twisted metal version of Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> but told me this while we were watching the movie. So still, I can, I don't know. I love I can, and respect Kat. She's she's so smart and cool. Uh, I I respectfully disagree. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think I don't see it in this movie. In the I I, I think we all like and Justice for All era James is the most is is the peak attractive possibility of anyone in this band. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Lars, because that's when he's got like the shaved sides of the head and like crazy long. Yeah, it's just long, like m- messy hair, but not like wrestler wet hair. It's just right, like right, he's right, been right. doing something. It's when the it's when the Spawn figures are from right. When they I made, don't like the they made. <laughs> what? Like, I'm sorry, what? When they made, when the Spawn people made the action figures of Metallica. Oh, the McFarlane Company. I, guess. I didn't know yeah, they sure. made this. Uh, yeah, there were there were Metallica yeah. action figures. Uh, which uh, they, uh, made a later appearance in um, the Sum 41 music video uh, where they did all the toys and whatever, and they like <laughs> taped their faces on top of the Metallica action figures. Uh, but yeah. they made uh, they made these old Metallica action figures. I'm pretty sure they're modeled after Justice for All era. And they're anyway. in this documentary, too. They're hanging from the Christmas tree. Oh, are they? Oh, my yeah, God, you're right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Those aren't Christmas ornaments. Those I thought they were like figurines. So I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, they're little action figures. They're little G.I. Joes. Oh. Okay. Okay. My favorite part about like McFarland rock and roll action figures is that they never have any articulation. Like the knees don't bend, just like the real artists. It's <laughs> 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 so funny. I think my favorite scene in the movie is because it's so properly narratively placed in the documentary when James comes back and they're finally gonna like play music again yeah Mm -hmm. for the first time and like James picks up his like guitar that that looks like the slide bar in LA just a fucking (laughs) just it's just got it's just a shitty Oh, metal like thing. diamond metal shit. Yeah, metal plated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buh, buh, buh. Um, and they sit down, and James starts playing the most boring fucking riff I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> and they start jamming on it. And Bob is just like, man, it's like it's the next day. <laughs> and James, and James, you can see that James is so clearly disappointed with how how it felt to play music with them. <laughs> It is the funniest thing I've ever seen because it's supposed to be the moment where like the band feels reinvigorated. Yeah, he's been to therapy, but James just play. It's like it, it's it's like you saw a movie and like finally the people kissed and someone was like not into it, not into it, <laughs> not not about it. Wait, one more one more thing to to touch on before we uh, before we wrap up. But um, I would definitely watch Dave Mustaine and Lars kiss. <laughs> Yes. I love how uh, gross you're being right now. This really address is making you so horny. I love it. I'm all about Summer Lucy vibes. Wait. Me Lucy and you are so going to cool. get into some gross conversations. I'm really into it. One more, one more point to bring up, which is uh, Bob Rock, his really strong I go to therapy energy. Like his weird, like fucking, like I'm in touch with my inner self. 
we, sort of vibe when he talks yeah. to people. It's so funny. Look, he's also lying the whole movie. It's yes. unbelievable. Yeah. Like, well, he's been working with these guys for 20 years, and he knows that he has to lie to pay to get they're making so much money they're paying the therapist forty thousand dollars the ther- a month that's why the therapist like starts crying when they're like kind of firing him because he's just like oh that money <laughs> Dude, <laughs> yeah him pr- we haven't talked he's about the therapist at all to be closer to the band <laughs> yeah he's trying to join the band yeah that and that's guy, the best part that guy's <laughs> nuts the therapist like i like that that's like a horror movie within this documentary is him yeah. getting like weirdly attached to the band and yeah. talking like he's part of the process. <laughs> Dude, it's like um, he f- he feels very similar to the therapist that um, uh, uh, that that is in the episode of Curb. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's Steve Coogan playing the therapist and he and um, it's after Larry David gets divorced and uh, he's like trying, he's going to therapy. And uh, Steve Coogan goes, like, All right. Um, he, they're like trying to, he's trying to get back together with his wife. And so Steve goes, All right, you take your hand and you, and you say, I, I want you to move in with me. Um, and you have till Monday to decide. He like tells him to like give uh, Cheryl an ultimatum and it just fucking ruins his entire life. Yeah. And so he's like pulling the therapist into his life and like, uh, like they stage a fake mugging. I was like, this is, I was like, this is crazy when I was watching Curb, but then I saw this therapist. I'm like, this could happen. Famous people have therapists like this. Ther- well, if you're, ri- if you're too rich, you got to like, make sure that you have a therapist that you can trust. Cause this shit is out of control. They'll wear a sweater and try to join your thrash band. Um, yeah, that's true. So we can't pick, we can't pick a favorite song for this. Wait, wait. I I have one more thing. Sorry. I think this is a good one. Have you guys read the Wikipedia page for this movie? No. Okay. So I'm pretty sure Dave Mustaine edited the Wikipedia page. <laughs> because yes! the first thing that happens when you open it up, right? You know, it's a synopsis. It says, this article's plot summary may be too long or excessively detailed. And I'm thinking, ooh. Someone's put some extra stuff in here. The second paragraph about the movie is literally talking about the Mustaine interview. And it goes into some details that aren't in the movie. Yeah. First detail, they interviewed him on Dave's 40th birthday. That was Dave's 40th birthday. Damn, that's he was already feeling bad. That's, that's so fucked up. The second thing... The second detail, apparently, according to this Wikipedia article edited by Dave Mustaine, is that they did that interview on September 13th, 2001, two days after the September 11th attacks. Dude, are you serious? Yeah, this is this is what the article says. First, the scene with Mustaine and Ulrich was filmed precisely two days after the September 11th attacks, colon, a day when the entire United States was in a severe state of melancholy. <laughs> Secondly, this coincidentally also just happened to be Dave Mustaine's 40th birthday. Oh, man, I hate how much uh, I'm empathizing with Dave Mustaine right now. It gets better, it gets better. And then they go... For many years until burying of the hatchet between him and Metallica, Mustaine would grouse that he would much rather have spent his 40th birthday in Arizona with his wife and kids rather than on a couch in the Bay Area talking to Lars, even though the two had not had any serious personal contact for many years. Dave 100% wrote that. But that's the other thing that's really interesting is that... They were filming the documentary, and I guess they, you know, this movie came out in 2004, so maybe it was like a, it would have been a little tacky to include it then. But now, now that we're, you know, uh, we're 18 years removed, so from far it, away. I really wish that the September 11th footage was in there. I want to know how Metallica reacted on the day yeah. the towers fell. I said that when we they were watching pro- the movie. I said that to you. I said I, I'm surprised there's not a 9/11 scene in this. It's probably because, to be honest, they just probably didn't grieve that. Yeah, they didn't I mean, even to be think honest, they it. probably just like did 9/11. <laughs> with Fred Durst, they were on the top of the tower with him shooting oh, the music. Video. Listen, ask yourself, why did 3,000 Lars Ulrichs call that work that day? Give me jet fuel. Give me fire. All right. Give me melting steam beans. I desire. The battery on my computer is going to die soon, so we got to wrap this up. I love yeah. that. Um, 
favorite scene. God, that's crazy. Um, man, Dave Mustaine's the hero of this movie and Lars is the villain. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Favorite Lars Ulrich hair. I don't think I have. I, I don't one. have any favorite fav- scene. I think would probably make sure right. yeah. favorite scene of the movie. Uh, when yeah. they're all yeah. writing lyrics for the first time, because James normally doesn't let them contribute, and how excited they genuinely are, and then yeah. when Kirk giddily says, "My lifestyle determines my death style," and they're all like, "That's sick." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, for me, it's probably when uh, Lars is like uh, is rapping, and he's like, uh, "I don't need your pussy, bitch. I'm on my own dick." Look, <laughs> <That's> the- <laughs> <laughs> well, you can say he's crazy, but that's a great line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh- my very scene is a, a deleted scene that I just uh, rewatched today. It's not the the birthday scene. It's a different one where uh, they're trying to teach Kirk the riff from uh, some kind of monster. Uh, you know the and he just can't get it. <laughs> he like, keeps trying over and over again. Oh, I've watched And that, it's just yeah. like really frustrating. And James is just like, no, 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 no. Okay. So, like, it's like, he's like literally doing it with his mouth. And like, Kirk's like, I'll get it. I'll get it soon. Don't worry. But then he, he I, I believe in that clip, he's like, I feel like this isn't working. They're like, no, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing it is my least favorite riff in the entire world. <laughs> Is is the some kind of monster riff? I hate that. It's just the same notes, and they just get it's ugh. Yeah, it's uh, it's it sounds bullshit. like a guitar center. It's, it's bullshit. <laughs> it's such a bullshit riff. Um, Drew, do you have one? Oh yeah. Um, my favorite scene is definitely where they go hiking with Lars's dad, who's a wizard, and it's just like no. They're doing their own thing. It's like Led Zeppelin or other bands that are good, only they're bad now. <laughs> <laughs> mine is, uh, uh, my, mine is, yeah, is that uh, when they all play together and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they all play together and they all don't. They, James realizes, fuck, I don't like this. <laughs> it's so funny. That, I also love that in the movie that every time they talk after they're trying to use therapy speech, they're just they're I can see that they're trying to talk to each other with the words of therapy, but they're like, I just feel that it's shitty. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, I feel like you fucking suck. <laughs> My favorite scene is actually when when they address the camera people. Are and, you holding uh, a lollipop? Oh yeah, I'm eating candy. I'm, I'm a child. Not, not I've candy. got that Lars Ulrich not candy. No, let's be clear. You're this not is not even, just candy. You're in your house. You didn't go to the dentist today, and you have a lollipop. You know what's awful? I found it. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> I think the bank, but I think not my bank. Okay. I hate to be it's mom. It's from somebody else who went to the I fucking suck. But, okay. But okay. I'm in Red Bar, so we gotta. All right, we gotta go. Okay, plugs, everybody, plugs. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at the Steinbag, and I also have a podcast called Our Love Is Disgusting with my fellow comedian and lover Ray Kump, <laughs> where we talk about sex, relationships. And all things comedy. And um, yeah, if I sounded horny on this episode, that might be why. (laughs) But, uh, you know, write us. us. Hey, ask us your questions about sex and relationships. We'll give you our totally uninformed opinion. And uh, we'll overshare about our relationship with you. It's very funny and very sexy. Check it out. And you're you're working on a new thing with uh, uh, our friend David Spector. Right yeah, so we're working on a super secret project together. Okay, we don't have to talk about yeah. it. Um, but as soon as it's available, we'll let you know. But that's a good tease. <laughs> All right, I will keep it in. Yeah, don't uh, don't yeah, you got, you blow gotta up cut, No, you got to cut it out, or else it'll never happen. It'll never happen. <laughs> They'll cancel it. 
You can find me on Twitter at Katie Rose, and you can listen to me and Jeremy's other podcast, Ballin' Out Super. Super. It's about anime and our annoying politics. Okay, <laughs> Jeremy. Hey, you can find me on Twitter at, at Jeremy Thunder, and uh, you know. Fucking balling out super. We're, we're photoshopping uh, pictures of Goku and Vegeta kissing on top you, of pictures of Bernie Sanders. You are photoshopping. I'm photoshopping pictures. And you know what? It's going real well. You know what? They <laughs> like it on fucking Twitter, so I keep doing it. <laughs> okay. Drew. Hey, what's up? This is Drew Cobham. I'm eating a lollipop I found in my house. You can follow me on Twitter at diet underscore Hellboy, on Instagram at diet underscore Hellboy. You can also follow my photography Instagram, Drew Cobham Photography. And Lars, if you're out there, buy a print. I'll make one for you. <laughs> buy his art, you coward. Let's do it. You have space on that wall. <laughs> That could be a, that that could be a picture from Japan. All right, uh, follow me on uh, Twitter, Mr. Jordan Olds at Dr. Mayor on uh, Instagram. Follow my dog at Great Hambino on Instagram. Uh, please donate to the uh, Two Minutes to Late Night Patreon. Um, it's uh, we're we're gonna be doing we're gonna be picking the show up uh, in a, in a little while. We have we're gonna be doing shows at. at at a bunch of fests coming up over the summer. We're going to give you the details of that when they're a little more concrete. And yeah, follow uh, Two Minutes Late Night on Instagram at Two Minutes Late Night on Twitter at 2M2LN. All right. Uh, all right. Eat a tomato set. Don't do that. I don't know, man. Uh, hey. uh, flush it out. Hey. You got to flush it out. Determine your decision. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Jeremy is the future. Good night. <laughs>